0: What's up everybody my name is jacob deaton and this is another episode of southern wedding professionals and today i have the wonderful the talented sarah grace from sarah grace photography what's going on how are you tell us about you
1: hey How are you guys? I'm, oh, I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Super excited. Um, This is a little out of the box for me, but I'm embracing it. And I, you know, I don't love talking about myself, but um, I'm, I'm definitely gonna, gonna try to share a little bit more and be more personable and be transparent. Of course, I always tell that to my clients, actually, that being transparent is probably one of the more difficult things to do, especially on social media, but that's how we connect with the world right now, especially in our times and sometimes letting your guard down a little bit and letting a peek into who you are and who you are inside, um, connects you better with the world, but also connects you better with your clients and your market. And especially if you're in the wedding industry, I would say it connects you better with your brides they want to know you they want to connect with you and they want to be a part of your story just the way you're telling theirs
0: so i should have let you do the intro because that was far better than mine um because that's what this is all about it's about letting people know who you are and what you do and um and but uh also it's really mostly about the first part which is about you because ultimately that's why you get the call to do what you do for your clients. So um, well said, and I think that's a great place to start. Let's start with you, and let's start talking about how you got into uh, wedding photography or photography in general.
1: Well, I started when I was a teenager. I held my first camera when I was about 12. And um, I've always been obsessed with the makings of the camera and the dynamics of it. And that's old school, you know, when you're looking at an old 35 or medium format, just breaking it down, playing with it, saying, what does this do, and, and, uh, and learning that. And then getting going with journalism and taking every picture known to man your senior year of high school, making sure everybody had a picture with you long before selfies were involved. You know, it's <laughs> scrapbooking and all of that stuff. like old old school. I've been doing this a really long time. And then I started falling in love with just capturing those candid moments um, and telling people's story, telling the story of of my friends, telling the story of my family. Um, Then I became the memory keeper and I kept all of the pictures from my entire family and just cataloging all of those. And then it matriculated into this beautiful thing that is wedding photography. I found this passion, not just for photography, but for connecting with people. Um, I think more than anything, I became madly in love with light and chasing it, looking at it, seeing how it moves and how it affects us, how it brings us in. um, I encourage my clients to like go outside at the time that you're getting married. Mm -hmm. on in and around that season and look at the light and, and, and feel it because I want you to be present in that light. And it's my job to guide you through that, but also to inspire you and to keep you peaceful and calm and more than anything to tell your story. And that's what I am. I'm just a light chaser and I can see people and love people really easily. And it's just automatic for me. So at my core, I would say what defines me mostly is my intense love for every human being and my obsession with light
0: i am feeling your vibe right now um i am feeling all of it let's let me uh let me trace back a little bit to what you said so you're you're in high school you're taking all sorts of photos then you're doing some journalism stuff uh and then at what point in life did wedding photography start to enter the picture? Was it like post-college, during college, pre-college? Like when did when did that sort of uh, occur?
1: I was actually post, way post-college. Um, I got my degree in biology, so it was a little out of the box. I thought, you know, you gotta have a solid job. There's no way I could possibly make money at this. You know, when you're an artist, you're like, yeah, you know, you tell your parents, you're like, I want to be an artist. Yeah. And they look at you like, get a real job. And, (laughs) and, um, but I had, I had an entrepreneur for a dad. So he was a big, uh, investor in, um, in terms of if you have a skill, that's a different ball game. It's not just art. It's how, how can you make it into what you wanted to do? And that's the American dream, right? You find something you love and then you try to make money at it. Right, but then you try not to fall out of love with it while you're making money at it. So there's this healthy balance of those things. And then as you get into that, so I had a guide um, and an amazing man, my dad, Russ Lambert, bought me my first digital camera. And I started on a model shoot. I was doing some product line stuff. I was doing portraits. And then within six months, I was asked to do a wedding. And I had no clue what I was doing. So what do you do when you don't have a clue and you're in this kind of an industry? You talk to the experts. You talk to people that know what they're doing, that have done wedding photography. You start tapping into people that know know their stuff, Um, especially in this time period of our history when we were moving out of film and into digital. It was, very, it was very odd and everybody was really pushing back against the digital and not embracing it and going oscillating back and forth. And she just, um, J. Rowe, uh, one of my friends, and she just really um, inspired me and said, just look at the light. Just look at the light. It doesn't matter what you're shooting with. In fact, Annie Leibowitz said that it doesn't matter what you got in your hand. It matters how you see the world. It matters how you connect with what you're photographing and light matters. And so get on that part and find your connection with the world and then tell your story. And then I realized very quickly, like as I started shooting weddings, what I wanted to look like and how I wanted to be. And, and then it just started snowballing and, um, I was moving around a lot and trying to find like a niche a little bit. Everybody was saying, you have to find one thing that you're good at, but I just love people. I'm like, people are what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And I I love, you know, a lot of part of my big part of my business is therapy is like connecting with people and hearing what they're going through and telling their story, especially this year, man, like, People need love this year more than any year I've ever worked in this business. And I've been doing this for 18 years.
0: Wow, so 18 years you've been in the business. Has it mostly been uh, has it mostly been in Nash- the Nashville area or have you uh, moved around a bit as far as like your
1: locations? Oh, I've moved around, I'm an army wife. Uh, so um, I've, I've been an army wife for a while and I, I moved around a lot. I would say I started my business about a year before my daughter was born. Um, My first daughter was born, Grace. And um, I I really wanted a a business that I could work. And and I really wanted to do this, but I wanted to be able to stay home during the day and work. You know, I started as a part-time gig. And then it kind of got to be full-time very quickly. And then I was learning on the fly and... I had to learn business, I had to learn execution, I had to learn product fulfillment, I had to learn all of these things that nobody briefs you on, nobody tells you about when you want to get in this business. You don't know, the, <laughs> you don't know 50 steps down the road until you know 50 steps down the road. And you're like, oh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my shit together. Sorry, is that gonna beep out? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's true. It is. It's true. I mean, so
0: you've had some very interesting, this is really interesting to me because I normally talk to a vendor. You know, it could be a caterer. It could be a um, a venue. Obviously that doesn't move. It could be a wedding planner. Rarely do you see people that have changed markets and still like continue to do what they do and do it on a high level. Tell us um, how many markets have you actually served Um, As far as like residentially speaking, like where you've lived and then you serve that market, then you move to a new city and and do the same. How many different cities has that been? And um, what is uh, uh, what's your secret? Like, what's your recipe? How do you get back and start all over again in a brand new market?
1: Well, honestly, it's been about six, six different markets. Um, But I was born in Texas, I went to Baylor, so I have family there. So, you know, when you have friends and family in specific places, it's easier to kind of implant and network a little bit. Um, I had to learn on the fly a little bit. I used whatever I had at my fingertips, but it's really, you start into a new market, you're, you know, and this I was telling. I have a team of photographers, and I have interns, and I have baby photographers that I, that I grow and I water and I love, and and then I tell them to come along with me, and I teach them my wicked ways, and then um, guide them into whatever they want to see and whatever they want to do. But I try to give back where I didn't get, you know. I try to say this is the screw up I did. Don't do it this way. And you can either listen to me, and it will go well with you. Or you could ignore me and you'll get, I'll get a phone call in a year, you know, like um, either way, I'm going to be here for you and love you no matter what, but this is how I would do it if I had to do it over again. But in all honesty, I have to say this now, and I caveat this with, I'm a human being, completely flawed, but I have a strong and deep relationship with my maker and I have a deep faith and i have to give credit where credit is due the only reason why i'm able to start over and start over and have blessing and favor is because he goes before me and makes a way for me and i just i don't i don't honestly know it just happens and i try to give back
0: specific marketing technique or something that you implement when you get into a new uh, residency you just uh immediately start going out there and start building uh trying to build relationships with other vendors and and then hopefully you get that one client that leads to two or three and then those three become six or eight that's sort of how you've done it so far
1: well i would say i i've learned initially that's how i did it i would start networking right that's how you always do it you get in with other vendors you start networking i learned very quickly When I started in the Nashville market, I was like, not only did I want to stay in the Nashville market and this is home, but I started visiting vendors. I started making calls. I started learning things outside of my comfort zone. And old photographers like me have a tendency to do what's comfortable and not want to grow past and catch up with the times, catch up with social media, catch up with all of these things. So what did I do? I started talking to younger people and going, okay, I started listening to my clients. My clients are the ones giving me the feedback going, here's this, here's that. This is what we like to see. And so then I just adapted and changed. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So the fastest way I think to really connect in a new market um, is to get yourself out there on social media, because it's a free platform, especially Instagram. Facebook, I'm on the fence about, but Instagram, I really like it's a curated optimal, uh, kind of viewing area. And it's updated a lot faster than websites. I think you still should have a website. Um, I'm a big believer in SEOs. I think that they're highly um, beneficial. I love my SEO find one that's affordable, that's trustworthy, and that's got your back and that answers your emails. Um, I would say, but my, number one, my number one place that I really get a lot of leads from and stuff is my personal clients, man. They, they, we have such great relationships. You build the relationships and you love people and you're transparent and you connect. You're going to get that great review. You're going to get that feedback and then, Oh, Hey, I'm the bridesmaid of this one wedding. Can you, can you shoot this wedding for me? Or, Hey, can you do this portrait session for me? And then you just start nurturing those relationships. And my brides are some of my closest friends. Like we become friends and then I get to take pictures of them as they build their families and grow. So I would say it's faith, marketing and relationships.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a really great way of summing it all down. Um, uh, particularly on the, uh, social platform.
1: Mm.
0: Um, you know, you said something that really struck me there, you know, social media is free. I mean it's it's a invaluable resource if you know how to use it, but if you're using it for the wrong reasons or um, you're not being honest and true in your engagement as far as like what you really truly feel or you know, um I, know, I, I feel like that translates with people and uh it it uh registers with people. Wouldn't you say?
1: Oh yeah. I've had to learn to be authentic on social media. I've had to learn to let my guard down. It's, it's because um, I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little tight with my personal life. Um, I, I like to keep things a little tight, but my social media coordinator that manages my, all my social media platform, she, she works side by side with me guiding me to it and through it. And she's like, no, you need to say this. And this is this go with your gut. For example, On my anniversary this past year, she said, Post your own wedding photos. You have, you know, you post your own wedding photos and tell your story. And it got a great response. And I got so many messages from brides, and they were like, Your wedding was so great. And they felt like they knew me better, and I I was closer. And I, I understood that this is how they're connecting, and this is the feedback that I'm getting. So while I wasn't completely on board with it at first, um, I definitely changed my dynamic. And I would say free to an extent, remember your time is money. Especially in this business, we give away our time so freely sometimes. And we don't realize that those, those minutes are, we're saying yes to social media. We're saying yes to our families. We're saying yes to our brides, our clients. We're saying yes to our marketing campaign. I mean, you know, Lisa Turker said it, You know, what is your best yes? And if it's your business, it's your business. If it's your client, it's your client. Like right now, you're my best yes. You're who I'm investing in right now, this relationship. And so that I feel like I tell my brides that on your wedding day, you are my best yes. I'm saying no to everything else. And I'm saying 100% of myself is you. And that is so they just receive that and pick that up. And anybody would because you feel like, okay, you feel like you're a priority. You feel like, okay, there's a connection. That's real. And that's what I feel. And then I just pour my heart and soul into them so much so that I cried every wedding. It never fails. I'm such a basket case thing. And every father, daughter, dance, ugly tears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, I mean, I gotta say at least 75% of the, the weddings that I'm a part of in my business. Um, whenever I see the um, whenever I see them kiss for the first time that always that always kind of tugs at my heartstrings. And depending on my mood, I may hold it in better than others. Uh, other days, you know, um, I'm that's the moment that always gets me. Um, and that's, uh, that's really cool. I mean, you're speaking really my language here with this authenticity thing. Um, so often, people view social media as a chore. And that it's um, it's like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to post this thing. I've got to, you know, I I've, I've have to spend a little bit of time and post this picture because that's what everybody tells me I have to do. And if that's really, truly your attitude towards, you know, putting yourself out there on these platforms, then that's the attitude you're probably going to get in return. Or you're probably going to get just very little engagement, if not any. But if you're authentic to who you are and you authentically engage in other than uh, this posts and you're really truly trying to present your best self and your best, yes, um, yes, they are going to uh, open up and they're going to engage with you and they're gonna you know, really dig um, what you have to say and do. I can't agree with this more.
1: And I think it's more than just your content. <laughs> Um, I was taught by my videographer who's absolutely fantastic, um, Rebecca Treblehorn. She does videography and photography. She's a nature photographer. She's out of Oregon now. Um, But I had the privilege of working with her for a long time. She's one of my very favorite people on the planet. Um, I would marry her today if I wasn't so locked down in my own marriage. she's so (laughs) I adore my husband let me just say that (laughs) but regularly on Instagram I I do tell her how much I love her and I miss her so she's so fantastic and um she's so talented her her portraits and her nature photography inspires me to be better every day and to look at light in a totally different way and um anyway she was the one that taught me how to let my guard down a little little bit more on social media because she has such a following and such an engagement. I mean, minimum 25 comments on her posts because she says that she actually wants to talk to these people. She loves them and she wants to know them better. And so she goes and comments on their, on their posts. And I think people don't realize that if you want more of a connection, you need to go out and branch out of your own curated album and and find other artists and say, hey, you know, and look at their stuff and really spend some time and say, okay, this is a part of my business, but I'm going to block out this time and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be present in it and I'm going to make the best of it. Maybe I don't really want to post on Instagram right now or comment, but maybe God's going to show me something great. Or maybe I'm going to meet somebody new. Like I picked up Rebecca on Facebook and she's the coolest <laughs> so like, you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to connect with. I've met great vendors. These relationships are priceless to me. And especially now when we all have to kind of team up together to try to get through this industry, through the wedding industry in this time, and hopefully get past it and learn how to be in our new normal. Um, I think I think that it's essential. I think it's absolutely essential. And we need to find a positive way to spend it versus having a negative attitude. A negative attitude isn't gonna get you shit. Sorry. <laughs> I have it's kids fine. in my house. So like there's a swear jar. <laughs> it's totally fine.
0: I mean, we, it, this is, it, we're like, we're like uh, Joe Rogan of wedding podcasts here. So foul <laughs> language is, is is quite all right. Um, uh, oh, it's God. Totally fine. <laughs> um, no, seriously, no. Um, well said. I mean, we all have to figure out how to how to move and how, how to make this time work. And there's no better way to spend this time um, than to encouraging other people and uplifting other people within our industry and within our, uh, you know, our own vendor networks. Um, because otherwise, I mean, what are we doing this for? I mean, we're, we, we have to all be a team. We're, uh, we're all a team day of. We all have a job to do. But. Also, like, you know, we're all in this, I hate to use that phrase, um, see, I just did it. But like, we're, we are all in this together because we're all tied by the wedding, you know, and so if, you know, adopting that sort of um, team uh, player mentality of like being able to reach out to your, um, your, your fellow vendors and make sure they're doing all right, you know, checking in on, them. hey, I'm just checking in on you, you know not just the client that's paying me money to be here, but like, you know, I've been with you on a thousand weddings. Like I'm checking in on you. How are you doing? I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. And you form those relationships and you never know, like a bride may need something and you've got these it, social media and, and our industry, we have such an opportunity. And I don't know. I, I think it comes from who you are in your heart, like either you're a giver or a taker. And you know, like you have to find a way to give back. You have to find a way to love people. And it's not just chasing light and capturing light. You have to realize that couple, that wedding, that's the light. Like we have to keep our eyes fixed on that. And yeah, it's a paycheck. At the end of the day, we all go home to families and not not everybody has what everybody else has. And sometimes that connection is what people need. And you never know, the opportunities, you know, in the words of Forrest Gump, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> right.
0: Forrest said it best. And, you know, honestly, um, think of a question that like uh, you're talking about, you're either
1: you're, just, you're a, a, giver, a
0: giver or a taker, right? Yeah. You know, like if you're a giver or a taker, you know, um, and you're listening to this, maybe you're listening to this podcast and, and, you know, maybe you realize in this conversation that you're a taker. How does someone become and this is now we're now we're getting in deep space nine. So forgive me. But how does one transition from being a taker to a giver?
1: Heart, man. You know, like see what motivates you and try to find something that's better. Mm. A lot of times people go through season taking because they've been giving their whole lives and they feel taken advantage of. Or sometimes they're going through wounds and hurt. See past the person and what they want you to see and see through the wound. If you separate the wound from the person, then you can you can love that person easier. And maybe that person just needs a little extra attention. Maybe that person just needs to let go of a little bit of resentment or darkness. Maybe they need to find, they they need to find what drives them. Um, if they are a taker and they're in that taker mentality, you know, do a systems check, you know, kind of say, okay. Why am I negative? Why am I feeling down? It's not just you know, what's going on in our world. It's not just COVID. It's not just all the other junk that's happened. There has to be something deeper there mm. and find a way to let it go. Even if you have to say it a hundred times, I let it go, I let it go. You know, Find a way to move past yourself and serving others because the, the number one way you can get from a taker to a giver is serving other people. Mm-hmm. Get out of yourself, get out of your head and get into your heart and realize that not everybody out there is negative. There are good people in the world. And stop watching the news and (laughs) listen to these podcasts more. And
0: (laughs) it's true. Yeah. I feel you. Turn off
1: the television, turn on these podcasts and go for a walk.
0: (laughs) I mean, I feel like that that's that's just the message that everyone needs right now. I think if I could just say everybody needs one message, that's it. It's like, we need to stop. We need to shift our mentality as, as people from being a a taker to a giver. And we have to figure out how to benefit other people first and foremost. Um, And, um, and there, I mean, I'm not saying there's not a time to take care of yourself. There are times, I mean, every day there's a time to take care of yourself. It's called stop working at a particular hour and do something else. Um, you There's
1: know, boundaries, I would say boundaries are a good thing. Boundaries are, the, boundaries are my word for the year, word for 2021, you know, in my family, we do a word of the year, like our word for the following year.
0: Mm.
1: And believe it or not, my word for this year was change.
0: <laughs> what a word. See, so you basically started this whole thing. You, I mean, so I
1: started this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get to embrace change again <laughs> every day. But you know what my father told me growing up was that the only thing you can count on is change. So embrace it, make something good out of it. The only thing that's constant in this world and that is free is God's love. Everything else comes at a price. You just don't know what the price is. And change is inevitable. So don't be oh. negative on. It.
0: Great. Uh, awesome segue, because I was going to ask you, since your faith is very important to you, like, how do you feel like your faith enters into your photography that then influences um, the output of that photography and how, um, you know, how your clients perceive it? Like, how, how does your faith and in photography
1: intersect? And I photograph people of all faiths or no faith. I photograph people that you know, they assume that I have a faith, they see me and they, and, you know, and they see how strong I am in my faith. And they assume that I wouldn't want to photograph their wedding or they assume things about me. And that is so false because my faith and my relationship with God, my number one priority is to love people. And if I can, and I love you best. In fact, most of my gifts to like new moms and people is to take pictures. That's how I love you best, but people it's it's love. I would say that how faith inner intersects my photography is absolute love, is seeing past what they want me to see and to see to their heart. Because most people just want to look beautiful. Most people want to look good. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to feel affirmed. They feel whole. I would say, you know, like you may not get this about me. This may not like I had this beautiful couple. They were the kindest, most generous, amazing people and that we disagreed on, on a faith thing. And I'm like, we didn't disagree. I would say we just had different upbringings and they were like, you're amazing. You're awesome. And I was like, well, you're awesome. <laughs> and it, there was no divide. There was no divide. There was no disconnect. It was magic. It was epic. And it, it was, it was totally mind-blowingly incredible. And the product was like brought me to tears. It still brings me to tears to this day. I'll start crying. Mm. But so it doesn't, it doesn't matter kind of what, what their faith journey is. It only matters what I've been told. And I've been told I need to love people and love people, no matter how that is and how they need to be loved. And that's different for everyone. So is it, I am not preachy. I I'm just me, you know? I you know, I don't try to curb anything. <laughs> I have an intensity about me that is true and I kind of <laughs> I kind of I know my shit and I know how to get it done and, and right. nobody can deviate me from my path, especially at a wedding. But when a bride is having a full-on meltdown or when things don't go as planned or there's rain or there's effing covid, um I can, I can still her down and be still and find my faith just grounds me to where I can just love her through that moment and get her to joy. Right. And my job is to bring you out of that and to joy because you so don't what, want smile and fake it.
0: Right. Of course. And I mean, uh, it sounds like you just have like a really knack of like really finding that moment for each one of your people. And even though your people are different every weekend, potentially depending on how often you work um, what's your process like in trying to figure out what a couple's um, thing is, you know what I mean? Every couple has, you know, their own dreams and and visions for what um, their wedding day is going to be remembered when they flip through the photo book. How do you get from this esoteric idea of what the client wants to the actual execution?
1: Um, time. And that's so lost. And I'm In today's so big
0: world. Yes, it is.
1: It's lost. People don't want conversations. They want you to book online. People are like, oh, just fill out everything online and, and never talk to them till the wedding day. And that's not how I roll. Mm. I'm relationships and that means time. And that's so a- how-
0: Right. So give us uh, give us maybe a tangible timeline like that you would typically like like to do ideally with a client.
1: So first of all, um, every wedding includes an engagement session and whether they want it or not, it's they have to get my vibe. They have to get how I connect with them and they have to get past the device that I'm holding in my hand. The, the method of capturing, they have to get to me. So I want to know their story. I want to know how they met. Um, If they're living together, I want to know like what's the one thing he drives drives you crazy what he does as a roommate like what is something you cherish in her, how can you slow down and and look at the simple things that you don't really realize you do every day, but you take for granted. Um, And so, during that engagement process in that engagement shoot we reconnect. And typically it means it's a really good night for those couples. They really like me and I get a text from them and they're like, that was epic. That was so great because I'm doing half the work for all the guys that the, the photo shoot, <laughs> you know, cause they're just flirting. And I always tell my brides engagement shoots either include booze, snacks or coffee, whatever is your jam. Mm. And no judgment, but I'm a big believer in five stone donuts, shout out for five daughters, 160 layers of absolute goodness. Oh my gosh. And so we always try to incorporate a snack or a Marg or whatever. Um, and that like already sets the stage for the wedding. Then we get to the big day and I have excitement and I'm ready to burst. And I'm like an energizer bunny on crack. And so I show up, we get going optimal times for wedding days, especially in the fall or an eight hour timeline. Occasionally, if we have like a church wedding or something like that, I like to add in an hour here or there, but we roll through getting ready, um, you know, and I'm really efficient. Um, like most of my, like most of my team, I have a pretty big team that I take to weddings now because I have a besi- behind the scenes editor, a social media coordinator that's doing daily updates. Um, they, the whole team doesn't always get to go to every wedding, depending if an associate is shooting or if I'm leading. But if I'm leading, I like to have a little bit of a crew with me, um, have an intern. This is also helpful with COVID, reducing touch points, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting lots of angles and, um, and also teaching on the fly. And so, um, anyway, we build in a lot of time for that, details. We get bridal portraits depending if it's a first look or it's not, that's 50-50, believe it or not. And um, yeah, so we just roll through that. We get them all hitched. And I mean, a lot of times I get really into my work and I forget what time it is. That's why I have an assistant going, okay, we have to go. Or a wedding coordinator looking at me sideways going, girl, you got this locked up? So, um cool. <laughs> Um, but most of the time my couples and I, we connect so well, like they get that. I need that. They, they get that. The artistic process takes a hot. Night. And, um, a lot of times when I come up to them and I know they're done, even in the wedding, I'm like, guys, I see something killer sunset or it rain that day. So let's go get some umbrella picks with some light flares in the back. And, um, they're always jamming with it. You know, typically after four or five cocktails and some food, man, they'll do anything. And, um, so I just kind of roll them through their day, but if they're not feeling it, I try to love them as much as possible and just always give them opportunities. Um, but they they thank me in the end. They're so thankful and awesome in the end. They just, I, I when I say I adore the people that I work with, it's the couples that I work with that I, like they bring me to tears. I love them so much. And um, I'm just so connected to them. Um, but they were my best. Yes. That day. So they were like, it's, they're a part of my soul now. So it's just kind of, I don't know. I'm a big sappy ball of goo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, how could someone not love that? Right. I mean, somebody that's that passionate about what you do. I mean, it's obviously it radiates in this interview and it, I'm sure it radiates in your work. I know it's radiated in your work because I've seen it, but everyone who has not seen it, what's your Instagram account? So everybody can go there and follow you. While we're talking.
1: So it's Sarah Grace photo. Um, at Sarah Grace photo. So no H. No, no H. H.
0: The Grace. S-A-R-A, right?
1: S-A-R-A-G-R-A-C-E photo.
0: Awesome. Yeah, everybody's got to get on that. Um, because if you think this interview is passionate, wait till you see her photos on our Instagram page. So I want to ask you a series of questions that I always do to everybody just to, just to get a more rounded picture of who you are which we've already got a lot of, and I love that because you're just so passionate about um, what you do um, that it just oozes out in all these different places, like you're saying, this, this ball of sappy, sappiness. But um, I always like to ask like some general like overview questions, like uh, almost like it's a speed dating round. <laughs> uh, because like, it's 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 good for people to know. Uh, and it also gives them another way of connecting with you that maybe we didn't catch. So. Uh I will jump in straight, uh straight to let's see. Um do you have a favorite restaurant in uh Nashville? And if it is, do you mind saying what that is?
1: Oh my gosh, it, it oscillates.
0: Well, give me a few if you want. That's okay, fine.
1: Etch, etch for dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so epic and it's delicious. Let me caveat it, and I'm sure I'm going to lose followers with this, but I'm gluten-free. <laughs> well, nobody
0: should unfollow you if you're gluten-free, you know.
1: Hopefully not, but my husband would unfollow me if I'm gluten-free. <laughs> he, he loves gluten, so it dictates a lot of his world, and he doesn't like that. So I never get to eat wedding cake, just put it that way. Mm. Um, But it keeps me going. Um, So they have the best gluten-free biscuits ever. Um, Bar taco for a quick lunch, best margarita. I can drink three and still take pictures. It's fantastic. Um, Oh my gosh, there's, ah, on the spot. I'm dying to go to Optimist. Optimist is epic. Merchants for a quick lunch, the best sweet potato fries ever. It's on Broadway. Mm. Um, uh, And you can walk off whatever you drink there, which they're so good. Oh, Margo's is amazing. It's kind of a French blend, um, rich, but it's really good. Right. The Red Horse and Franklin is good. Do you want me to keep going? I mean, you, you could
0: go all day. I mean, there's, there's one, <laughs> I can't, I wish I remember the name of the uh, Nashville hot chicken restaurant that I checked oh, out. Hattie <laughs> Bees. Hattie what? B's. What was it?
1: Hattie B's.
0: Oh, Hattie B's. Yeah, of course. Great. Um, That was, I'm pretty sure, actually, that was it. Um, And I mean, awesome, super tasty. Um,
1: Yeah, if you go nowhere else, if you can't go anywhere else, any of the places I've gone, and there's all kinds of different price ranges, by the way. Um, Oh, Feed and Seed is amazing, too. Like, guys, I could go on and on and on. It kind of (laughs) depends on your budget. But, um, But I would say Hattie B's, hit up Hattie B's, and do not leave Nashville without a $5 donut. You, mm, you have to I go love there. five dollars really feeling a little bit out of the box and you and you need extra sugar go to jenny's and get a scoop like Ooh. totally yummy epic
0: awesome but, i love it you could, well, the Donut food, and dog. was yeah, that
1: the donut and dog so you can oh. get a donut and a hot dog these like it's like food porn on instagram like they they have things that only you dream about in your brain. And you're like, what the F, where did that come from? But I need to be in that picture right now. Like I need to exist where this thing is it's so good.
0: That's hilarious. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's like your favorite food porn channel. That's perfect. Well said. Um, the- uh, Sorry guys, I feel like I'm
1: all over the place. Like I, I love it. it. I, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm so in love with you right now, you have no idea. Um, you have absolutely no idea what, if you're going to make a meal at home, what's your go-to? Do you got like one in your back pocket that you've, you, you like, you know, you're always pull out for like the special guests or this for the special day.
1: Um, Venison enchiladas.
0: Ooh. Interesting.
1: I'm locally, I, I we grow, our own, we grow a lot of food and we, my husband is a hunter. We only eat like we, we harvest what we eat we're straight up we take care we're big environmentalists we have a whole recycling center on the side of my house we compost i'm a little like he's he's a little on the green side of things mm. and um when i say that like he gets he goes through the trash to make sure i do all those things so um like he's obnoxious about it but um we have venison and elk you know and we have it on our freezer and i make you don't even know it's venison but the best venison enchiladas or chilaquiles um, is really good. And I love doing like um, a spin on that with poached eggs and some grilled venison on top or ground venison. Um, I love cooking with venison. It's a lot healthier for you than beef. And um, I mean, yes. they're cuter than cows. So everybody's kind of on the fence. I may, people may judge me, but it, it's okay. I'll take it. Um, so that. And then I make really good paleo fried chicken with homemade honey mustard, like like I need an intervention. I can't stop eating it; it's so good. Uh, with mashed cauliflower, that one's a good one. I make a great paleo lasagna that would make you cry with burrata and fresh basil from my garden. Um, what else? Well, I just want to say this really good paleo.
0: Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> sorry, I can't keep going. No, I know. No, I, I got. <laughs>
0: I just need to grab a couple things and I could be on the way to eat some of this. food. So <laughs> and about, I just need three and a half, maybe four hours depending on traffic and I'll, I'll be right to come
1: for Thanksgiving. I'm making an Epic Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. It's going to be really good.
0: So tell me, are you watching anything on Netflix or anything? Like what's your go-to show right now? You got one.
1: Um, oh my gosh. On Netflix
0: or, you know, anything.
1: Oh, I like dark on Amazon. I was in a dark phase, but then I, so negative and I have to watch happy things because mm. there's so much negative negativity going on in the world right now. So, um, I, like, I have to get in a zone when I'm editing. So I typically recycle rom-coms, but, um, <laughs> in the background, which drives my husband crazy, by the way, and <laughs> They took off friends off of Netflix in 2020 and been an indicator of the shitstorm that was coming. And, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bought my husband in January. He was like, what the hell, what is this? You bought the entire digital season of friends. I'm like, hell yeah, I did. So, um, friends is happy for me and the office. Yeah. This is like, like, Oh, yeah. Just awesome. So. <laughs> I watch those. Um,
0: yeah. What else know, you got?
1: I try not to watch too many Disney movies. <laughs> I've got kids. So,
0: how many kids?
1: I have two girls. I have a 16 year old, Grace, who's fierce. She's going to change the world. Yeah. And she, is, she inspires me and is pretty much the reason why I've done everything I've done. And, wow. she's she's on my instagram if you want to scroll up she's their fierce beautiful insanely great redhead i also have a portrait account that my team manages for me so all of my portraits are on there and that's sarah grace portraits sarah Mm. grace photo portraits um and she's all over that so is my eight-year-old madeline maddie joyce and we call her um mad maddie she's a, a pistol and um, he makes me giggle every day, but brings me to Jesus on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> that's a that's that phrase a pistol. I, I I think that should be used more often. I think that's a better way to describe more people than than um, than many of the other words we use. I love that that phrase.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, she keeps you on your toes, and she says the most offbeat things, and you're like, who are you? <laughs> um, but you know, I, I try to balance the family with the kids and, um, and all of that. And I try to make sure that I'm giving them my, my yes when I'm not. And a big way I do that is even when I'm on the phone with a client, if they interrupt me, I give the, I make eye contact with them and I give them my full attention, even if I'm mid-sentence and I just apologize to the client, typically it's a bride and I get so much grace on the other end of that phone line because they hear their voices or whatever, Mm -hmm. And I said, and I explained to them, I said, they have to know that they matter. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I I try to balance that out because, you know, they go to school five days a week. I mean, it's virtual, but they go to school five days a week and you know we don't get to do as much, but I I work on the weekends, most every weekend. And so I have to, I have to give them, you know, their time too.
0: Mm -hmm. What's your, uh, what, what kind of uh, music are you listening to? Are you a big music person?
1: I have, I love Zach Williams right now. He is a, um, he's a Christian artist. He sounds like Chris Stapleton with a Christian vibe. Oh, okay. But I'm, with, I love country music, big surprise. I'm in Tennessee. But you are
0: a Nashville, right. you know.
1: Yeah. Chris Stapleton, I don't know. He just makes everything better at the end of the day um he's also like what my husband and I like to listen to whiskey is my thing I like John and I my husband John we just have a glass of whiskey at the end of every night and it just kind of you know makes I, the to, world- uh, I
0: gotta I gotta say this because you just literally hit me with that um and I, my brain was like processing it um a friend of mine actually um I asked him he's been married for probably 15 years now and he's got two or three kids and I was like, man, how do you balance being like a musician and like her career and like the kids and like, how do you do all that? He's like, uh, whiskey at the end of the night, (laughs) that was, he's like, we, we talk every night ever at the end of every night, whenever that is one o'clock, nine o'clock, whenever it is, I come home from a gig, we sit down and we pour a little shot of whiskey and we talk. And I, I just thought that was the coolest
1: thing. Yeah, I thought I would like. It was funny. We we were into a glass or two. We don't just do a shot. <laughs> <But> we, <laughs> I, <laughs> we we have a little bit. We have a few more years on that. But like. Um, <laughs> You know, we were, we, we were into a glass of whiskey last night and I looked at him and I was like, I'm going to create a country song that says Whiskey Kisses. Like that's, I would love for an artist to do a song called Whiskey Kisses because that's that's my, I think my, my favorite thing when I come home from a wedding and there's whiskey and it's quiet and he's got, you know, mellow music on something, you know, Johnny Swim or something good, you know, like in the, in the background. And that's just my piece at the end of the day.
0: I love it. I think that's beautiful. Um, okay, last question. This is, this is, uh, and I think that you're going to nail this. I, I got a feeling you're going to nail this. Uh, but what is, uh, if you want to give, if you were to give somebody in your career field or just in the, the um, you know, the entrepreneur world that you live in, one piece of advice that's maybe gotten you through a hard time or, or maybe, uh, just something overarching that you feel like you've learned or experienced that would help somebody else what would that be
1: well it would be multiple things believe it or not but oh
0: I believe it give it to me
1: <laughs> um, it wouldn't it's not just one thing my husband always says I never deal in favorites so like it wouldn't just be it's not just one thing it's don't give up don't quit you know like and I've had to have. The women in my life, I would say, and and the artists that I've been around, they've inspired me and pulled me out of some dark places at times, especially this year, I've, I've, gone a li- I've gone a little dippy into some negative zones. And they're like, you freaking crazy. Don't do that. Like, come back, come back to the light. And I would say, don't quit and surround yourself with people that won't let you quit. Um, be choosy and be um, intentional about the women and men that are in your life. Um, because they, they can make or break you, you know? And it's okay to say no to things and no to people and yes to yourself. And remember, you're not taking when you're saying yes to yourself, you're giving to yourself. You just have to balance that, right? Um, but I would say that, and then find, find something bigger than yourself you can serve whether that's faith in god whether that's other people whether that's the charity um whether it's the planet whether it's your neighbor find something bigger than yourself that you can pour yourself into and give give some amount of time to um Mm -hmm. because it's going to make the world a better place it's going to make you better believe it or not and then don't forget to be thankful when you start criticizing yourself and you start getting down on yourself and um, negative or shit happens and you're just in a freaking puddle, Start the things that you're thankful for, your health, your kids, your family, your friends, anything, the breath in your lungs, your talent, find things that you're thankful for and marinate in those as long as you marinate in the negative.
0: I love it that is sarah grace everybody give it up high claps all around everybody's cheering thank you so much for being on this podcast i appreciate you so so much
1: this is so fun i didn't think it was i was so nervous and like you were so nervous like, i was afraid
0: for for everybody's record i gotta say this before i hang it up like she was like, I don't know. I feel like you're gonna have to prod me to say. It. I think I asked like seven questions in that whole thing, just for the record. So I think you did just fine. And something tells me we have a lot more to talk about. And I got I got to figure out a way to get you back on this thing here uh, in, in the future. And I hope we you can come. Do
1: back. A food talk. We should just do a food talk.
0: <laughs> we, did, we did like a special, like a like a like a special food talk. It's SWP food, uh, food talk.
1: Yes. We could,
0: I think, we could have talked about 45 minutes of that anyway. That's Sarah Grace, everybody. Sarah Grace Photo, go find her on the Insta, and uh, we'll be talking soon.